Thank you so much for joining us for our first episode of ADC's Winner's Circle podcast. Before we get into our first interview, I want to briefly explain to you what the goals are for this podcast. So within ADC's community, also known as our Winner's Circle, we have successful practitioners, clients, elite athletes and entrepreneurs. For me, there is nothing more inspiring than listening to people's unique journey to success. The aim is to bring on the show inspiring people that will help you become the best version of yourself. Although ADC are a health, fitness and strength and conditioning company, we have contacts that will bring you value beyond just health and fitness. I appreciate your support and I can't wait to get ADC's winner circle going with you all. I'm excited to announce my co-host on this show, the one and only... Chris Vaz, also known as Chris V 2.0, who is a member of our team at Athletic Development Club. So yeah, welcome to the show, Chris. How are you doing? Hi, Chris. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, all good, thanks. All good. So it's our first episode. Uh, in this one today, because obviously you're going to be interviewing me. So are you ready to get going with this? I'm ready, I'm ready. All right, let's do this. Cool. So, uh, obviously, first first podcast, so great to be here and great to, to have the chance to interview you, Chris. So, first and foremost, um, just a little bit about your backstory and your own sort of personal journey, how you first got into to, uh, health and fitness and, and the fitness industry. Yeah, no, of course. So, um, first things first is obviously when, when I was a kid, I just loved football. Football was my sport. Um, every day I'd be in the garden playing football, literally for hours um, with, with a few of my neighbours. Um, probably started from a young age, from like six, seven, eight years old. And just, yeah, football was just, just my love and passion when I was a kid growing up. Um, so that's kind of how I initially got into the health and fitness kind of industry. Um, as I got into school, I was I was playing for a few clubs, uh, a few Sunday league clubs, um, and yeah, and it just developed, and I just kept I kept pushing myself in football. I was playing for the school team. I was the captain of my school team, um, and then when I got to about fifteen, sixteen, I, I started playing for Barnet under sixteen, so a local pro club at the time, their youth team. So um yeah Barnet under 16s was kind of my my route into kind of like football in terms of um in a more serious level um more of a yeah better level than obviously just your standard Sunday league and yeah and then after that after Barnet um I, I moved to Stevenage played for Stevenage under 18s uh managed to get into their reserves um and also one game for the first team as well which was an amazing experience and yeah, and then that was kind of my, my kind of route into health and fitness. And it started from a very young age and it was just mainly through football because that was my, my true passion at the time, really. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it, obviously you've you come from a, uh, from a footballing background and that was, that was your sport pretty much until sort of your early, was that early, early 20s or was it? Sort of late teens yeah, so, that you, you carried on playing football. Yeah, so what happened was obviously when I was at, at Stevenage and I got to that level, I I suffered a really bad injury. I broke I broke my right ankle. Um and this was when I was playing I was out on I was out on loan kind of at the time, um, 
at Potter's Bar and I was, yeah, just blocked a, blocked a striker's shot. I was a defender. I was a centre-back. Blocked a striker's shot and then his leg followed through onto my ankle. Um, and then after that, I was out for about four, five, six months. Um, and that was during the period when they started signing um, at, at Stephen. They just started signing some players to go pro and stuff like that. Um, and obviously, I was injured. Um, but obviously, I'm not. I'm not blaming on injuries. Probably a, a number of factors is obviously maybe not being quite good enough at, at, at that level. Um, so what I done after my injury was just doing my best to try and get back into it, rehab, strengthen myself, get my ankle back fit again, um, and then yeah, then after that I started playing semi-pro football, and it just for me just I kept getting injured, like hamstring injuries. Uh, sprained ankles, like loads of loads of different injuries, and it just and then my passion started kind of dropping, um, because obviously I was, I was used to playing at a certain level and then dropping down and getting these injuries just kind of yeah it wasn't it just felt a bit um demotivated and I just thought you know what I need to find another route now because this isn't really how I had it kind of like planned out in my head. Um, yeah. Yeah. So then. After that, um, oh, once I once I realised that, and I, I realised that at what age, probably about 21, I'd say, maybe 20, 21 before, mate, yeah, probably about 20, 21, I'd say. Um, and then, maybe a bit earlier, actually. And then I, I, I thought, you know what, let me let me go to university. I didn't really know what I wanted to do at the time. Um, I was thinking maybe, let me, I, lo- I love sports, so maybe, maybe do become a PE teacher. Um, so what I done was I went and studied sports science at Middlesex University. Um, yeah, spent three years there, and then after that I done a master's degree in strength strength and conditioning as well. And yeah, I went into school to to start like shadowing uh, teachers because that's that's what I thought I wanted whilst I was at uni. Um, like become a PE teacher but then I, I, I quickly realised that the only sport I liked was mainly football I didn't really want to be teaching cricket and all these other sports I don't really like Yeah. Um, so PE teaching weren't really for me even though that's why I went to uni to become a PE teacher it weren't really for me um, Yeah. and then whilst at uni I got I got into the gym um, Like the gym was really like every day I was in there and I was just fascinated about the body how to get stronger, how to get fitter, um, how to build muscle, how to drop body fat. And I was just training myself pretty much every day. Um, and yeah. I just fell in love. Yeah, just from a, from a young age, from even when I first started uni, just fell in love with just training in a gym, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of where, what led me to kind of the gym and like, yeah, sports science and everything like that, really. Mm. And as you started sort of getting more and more into the gym, did you started did you start sort of finding um, that you sort of you've changed your route now and and you wanted to pursue becoming a a personal trainer and 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 maybe potentially have your own business? Did you have that sort of vision back then, or was it just purely sort of you're passionate about training and and you just um, yeah just sort of see where things go? Did, yeah, you have, no, did you have that vision back then? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have the vision to have my own business. That that wasn't really back then my vision. My, um, I thought you know I love the gym, um, 
and obviously the, the next the next progression was to be a personal trainer um because i love training myself like and there's and at the time people people asking me for advice when it comes to nutrition training and i and i really i really enjoyed giving advice out to people and and people taking that and getting good results themselves so yeah um and i was fortunate when i was studying sports science um my course were offering a level two and level three um, personal training qualification at the same time so i was studying for my course uh, in sports science and i managed to get a level three qualification whilst at uni as well so it kind of went well um yeah and then i was doing a bit i was doing a bit of um gym instructing in the uh, in the gym at, at uni um but obviously training yourself and working in the gym is a little bit different and for me it, it it wasn't it wasn't the best being in a kind of like gym environment and like cleaning like the gym equipment and walking around seeing if like members are okay and stuff like that. it weren't for me I didn't really find that fulfilling yeah um and then what happened was like because obviously my passion has always been in football um just before I started my master's degree um I found out that QPR football club were doing their like testing um at in the sports science department so they're like pre-season testing so things like testing their power their strength speed agility that type of stuff um DEXA scans getting their body composition scans done so um at the time, the program leader for the strength and conditioning um, course was Anthony Turner, Doctor Anthony Turner, and I was helping helping him out in the in the um, labs for a few things and stuff. And he goes, "Oh, you know what? QPR guys are coming next week. Do you guys fancy do you fancy um, helping out?" And I thought, you know what, it might it might be a great opportunity to help out and just see just to see how they do things um, and could yeah. be could be a step back into football and to see if it's something that I enjoy because for me just being in the gym and just um, wiping down equipment and speaking to members just constantly weren't really fulfilling for me yeah um, so yeah so the next there's the next after that so the week after uh, the QPR Academy came down first and I was helping out with all the testing and everything like that uh, got to know a few people um, and and then after that um Anthony said he sent out a massive email to everyone saying, look, there's um, some internships available um, for Middlesex students. Mm -hmm. So there was one internship available with the first team, one with the reserves under 23s and one with the academy. Um, So I I was like, you know what, let me apply for it and just see what happens because I'd love to get into football and be and work as kind of like a strength and conditioning practitioner or sports science sports scientist you know yeah Um, and then yeah so what happened was this was just before my master's degree um I applied for it and um yeah but they got back they they called me up a couple of weeks later and yeah I was just buzzing and then they said look come in for an interview like we've got loads of that they had I think they've had they had like I think they said to me nearly 100 applicants or something like that um I went I went in for the interview and that and I think because I had that footballing background um they really liked that that I've, that I've come from the footballing world yeah and um coming from that footballing world as well combined with a sports science degree at the time uh, I got I got a first I got a first in my sports science degree um 
literally every every module that I've done, I've got a first in, and I end up getting the um, it's something called the Dean's Academic Scholarship Award. Wow, um, so I got yeah, so I got a first in everything because I, I, I like at uni I worked hard, like I wanted yeah. to get the best grades possible, learned learn everything I could, and that's kind of my that, that was my approach, and that's my been been my approach with anything I do. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was I I got that. So I got my I got a first class degree in sports science, and then um, they they wanted me to work with the first team at QPR because of my well combination of sports science degree and also um, having that footballing experience previously has helped me get that like internship basically. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I just and then that summer I started working for QPR as an intern. Um, I was just getting my expenses paid for, but for me, it was just about the experience, learning as, as much as I can in a professional football club, see how mm-hmm. things are run. Um, and for me, at the time, was a dream job because it's something I studied, sports science, but also it's combined with the sport that I've been passionate about for since I was a very young age. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that that's kind of how I got into, I guess, QPR at that time. Yeah. Yeah. that's amazing that's amazing uh even that that in itself like being obviously you you worked hard throughout uni and and you achieved great um great grades and and that sort of put you uh, on a on a platform to be able to to go into QPR and and um and help them out and you must have obviously going in there being such a sort of so passionate about football it must have been must have been an amazing experience when you first went in there just seeing seeing all the players and, and seeing how they do things and how like were they at the prem in the premier league at, at that time they they're in the championship but they had championship yeah but they had premier league players like it was at the time when they had, i don't know if you remember but they were signed like they signed so many top players and they, they had yeah. a massive like wage bill where all these players were getting paid like a good, a good amount of money like, prim, like premiership players yeah um, but yeah, it was just yeah, it was it was the first couple of days were, were were very surreal because as a football fan, you you watch a lot of these clubs and you watch a lot of these plays on TV every week, mm-hmm. and for it from for me to watch them every day on TV uh, or every week on TV and then literally going into work and then seeing all these players, so you had you had people like you obviously had Harry Redknapp as a manager, who, yeah, who's a massive like well-known manager. You had um, yeah, like Julio Cesar. Brazil's number one yeah. goalkeeper there. You had, um, yeah, loads of players like uh, Park Ji Sung was there. Obviously, being a oh, main yeah. United fan, he was there pre-season. Uh, Sean Wright Phillips. Um, yeah, yeah. There's there's loads of there's loads of players like Bossing uh, Bossingwa, Bobby yeah. Zamora. Uh, there there loads loads of well like Joey Barton. Like loads of yeah. well known kind of like players, you know. And it was just the first few days were just like. It was just crazy because, uh, yeah, I think maybe I was a little bit starstruck on the first day. But then after that, you kind of just re- realise, you know what? They're just normal human beings like everyone else, you know? Yeah. But obviously, they've made it in, in professional football. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and that's kind of, yeah, it was it was an amazing experience, 100%. And, yeah, I'm very grateful to kind of have that experience under my belt. And, uh, yeah, and it's kind of led led me to where I am now. Yeah. And what was first going in there? What was the main thing that stood out for you in the way that it was run and 
and everything was there something uh, in particular that you that you took away from from that experience yeah obviously like being in a professional it was very structured right so being in a professional environment is like okay you, you're having your you're having your your breakfast at this time you're having your lunch at this time you're, tra- you're training this time it's like everyone's got their role to play you've got your you've got your physios you've got your um, strength and conditioning coach, a sports scientist. It's all very structured, and it was just it was just amazing to see how everything was linked together to try and get the best out of out of footballers. Um, yeah, yeah. So it was just because obviously I, I've I've I was at uni before. I was working in a in a gym in the uni gym. It wasn't really structured like that. It was just um, whereas it was just crazy to see how they actually performed and uh, trained every day to try and get to their their best of, of of their ability i guess yeah yeah amazing and um and once you had obviously done this this internship how long did it last the the internship <clears throat> so um the internship was one year um, one year yeah my my goal was to get a job out of it like a full time job um okay so what what I done was basically I, in my head I was like, hey, I'm gonna approach this and just literally do everything I can to get myself a job, whether that's a strength conditioning coach or a sports scientist, wherever it is. Um, so I would go and do extra, and I would after even after my normal hours of work, I would go and help out the academy, and because the academy yeah. sessions were on in the evening, obviously after school, because the the kids or the youth they'd finish school and then they'll come and train in the evening. So like yeah. Obviously, it was in West London. I live in uh, I live in North London, so it's norm takes about an hour, an hour and a half to get there. Sometimes, sometimes two, two hours depending on mm-hmm. the traffic. Um, but I was there. I was literally the first one there, six o'clock in the morning, because I wanted to, I wanted to get my training session in, my own training session in. So I'd yeah. always be the first one there, even before anyone else, really. Um, and I'll train myself an hour before, and then have my shower and everything like that and then obviously have breakfast and everyone else starts coming in at that point um work a full day literally nine to five or eight to five and then after that wait and uh, wait for the academy sessions to start and then I was doing all the strength and conditioning sessions for like the academy players and then some days I'd finish work at like maybe eight o'clock so maybe sometimes nine o'clock if we had like reviews to do so it was literally just, it was, it was full on, but I just thought, you know what, this is an amazing opportunity, an amazing experience. Let me get out as much as I can out of this and hopefully get a job at the end of it. Yeah. Um, so your 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 um, goal at that point or your sort of, what your vision was, was to actually get a job at QPR. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because that, yeah, for right. me, I, 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 did, I did enjoy it there. Um, yeah. And for me, it was, it was amazing. Um, but I guess six months down the line, I think it opened my eyes to uh, the politics in football. So, for example, yeah. the strength and conditioning coaches at QPR, um, I don't know if it's like that at other clubs, but we're quite limited in, in what they can and can't do. Um, yeah. Because you've always got the physios on your back. Oh, you can't do this. You can't do you can't do that kind of thing. Um, right. Obviously, you have player politics, um, manager, coach. Poli- there's so there so much politics involved. Like yeah. each practitioner couldn't really do their job to the best of their ability. So yeah. I was uh, at the time as well. When I was at QPR, I was studying for my master's degree in strength and conditioning. So um, 
although I was working full time, I was actually studying full time as well. Um, wow. So I was doing a master's. I done my master's degree, which but I only had to go in once a week, and that was a Wednesday. And normally the Wednesday yeah. was kind of like a day off anyway for for QPR, so it worked out well. Um, so that Wednesday would be my studying uni day, but obviously with uni work, they always give they always give you assignments and ex- exams, presentations, etc. So. Any yeah. spare time I had when I weren't working was to do, was doing my uni work to get my master's degree. Um, wow. But yeah, it just and I was learning all these amazing things on my master's degree, like corrective exercise, strength and conditioning, how to improve an athlete in terms in terms of strength, power, performance, how to prevent injury, like all these amazing things I was learning on my strength and conditioning course, and I was trying to like present it to the team at QPR and. Um, even plays and stuff like that and there's, there'd always be someone there like no you can't do that no you can't do that yeah even though like the, the i'll present them the research the latest research showed this is this will be very beneficial for them yeah they always have a, a lot of them were like uh stuck in their ways so yeah. their way or the highway so that's when i realized you know what i can't effectively be the best snc coach here at a club like qpr because there's so many yeah. different things, so variables that are getting in the way right now. Um, so, like, even though I was, the the goal was to get a, get a job there, my my mind was starting to shift a bit, and was like, is this really for me? Because I don't really like, or I don't I don't mind being told um, what to do, kind of thing. But when when I'm presenting kind of facts in terms of science and proven techniques that could help a player, and then they're saying, no, don't you can't do that for whatever reason, then it kind yeah. of like devalues you a bit and what you do yeah, and what you and what you've studied as well for the last four years. Of course, yeah. Um, so you sort of you sort of were quite restrictive in in what you could do. Yeah, exactly. Restricted. Yeah, yeah. And going back to obviously my internship anyway, like I the, the actual jobs I was doing, it wasn't even it wasn't really like strength and conditioning related stuff. It was more as an intern, you do all the, all the like jobs that there is. So like making all the protein shakes, um, helping out um, at the side of the pitch, giving out the waters, being being the water boy, being a lion getting abuse thrown at you. You know, there's like the, like I, I love the experience because obviously it got it's got me to where I am today. And looking back, I've had amazing amazing memories from it. But it's not as um, it's not as like lucrative as people think it is. As you know, like oh, yeah. you ought to be a strength and conditioning coach, you can train them in terms of power, speed, agility. That's what you think of as an SNC coach. Like you're actually out there yeah. on, the, on the pitch doing all these amazing sessions with them. But obviously when you first go into it as an intern, there's so many other stuff that you need to do, like ure- urine testing to test their hydration, um, RPEs, which means that um, how hard was the training session out of 10. So like after the training session, I'd say to each player, how hard was the training session out of 10? And a lot of them will just take the piss and be like, um, oh, yeah, even though even though it was like a very, very light session, they'll be like, oh, yeah, that was so hard, 10 out of 10. So, like, really? even, the data, even the data I was collecting weren't even that accurate because the players weren't taking it seriously. Um, like, even, yeah, we'll go into Bobby's more later on, but even even Bobby, I remember yeah. like, like one session, it was like the lightest session possible. It was like, yeah, 10, mate, make you write 10 down. So I'm reporting back to the sports scientists. And they're like, how is that a 10? Because, like, I know, I said to them, I know, I know, they're just obviously, they're just obviously yeah. taking the piss of it. 
Um, but oh, listen, man. that's what that's what football is. Is it's like yeah, a lot of the plays is about banter and having fun as well as um, trying to get the best results possible. So yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It was an amazing ex- experience. Don't get me wrong, it was an amazing experience. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. You must have uh, obviously being being around a lot of a lot of footballers and like we said, sort of a, a high high caliber and have been at top level. You must have come across some sort of some people with with a little bit of an ego, maybe, and and uh, sort of maybe some people you might ask them to do things, and they may be sort of hesitant because of that. Yeah. Um, in ter- in yeah, in terms of at that level, yeah. you may obviously get get those those sort of individual players who may think that they are sort of yeah uh, above above what you're trying to trying to do yeah no definitely I mean did you, did go, yeah going back going back to the first my first day at QPR they they tucked me yeah. on um as a lino right so yeah imagine that your your first day as an intern and you've you're around all these like pro footballers and people that you've, you've never ever been around before in your life yeah um, and a lot of these pro footballers they're not they haven't just made it they've been in the game for years who've obviously yeah. got got some of them have got egos um, to be fair, most of them are really nice at QPR. Um, but I, I remember going back to the first day at, um, at QPR and I was a lino, they, so a linesman, basically. I'm yeah. not going to name any names, but I flagged a certain player offside. And then he came up He came up to me and gave me so much abuse. He was like effing and blinding me and like saying, really? make sure you learn the offside rule. Like You're not going to be a lino tomorrow if you don't know. You, your homework for, for now is to learn the offside rule and all this. Even though he was, yeah. he was blatantly offside, I flagged him offside. Like I know, I know football. I know, I know the offside rule. He just, yeah, um, yeah literally came up to me and started switching at me because I flagged him offside, and that was my first yeah. first day. And I was like, mate, this is ridiculous. But I remembered that, um, and he wanted a training session with me in the gym. Like a few weeks later, he was like, he weren't yeah. playing, and he just needed to get a session in. Um, so I thought, you know what? I remember, yeah. I remember what he done to me on my, my first day. So pay, I'm going to beat you in the gym today. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to So um, yeah, just to get my own back on you. And uh, yeah, but after yeah. that, yeah, it was it was all cool. It was, like, yeah. like that's football, you know. You have got you got yeah, quite, yeah, you've got exactly. quite thick skinned. So that's why yeah, I think that's why they put me in that position because a lot of people that come out of uni or they don't really have that experience in terms of being yeah. in football. And if they get tucked yeah. into that environment, that they'll just crumble. So you've got to yeah. have that mentality um, to be able to take anything that's thrown at you and and not yeah. get like um, emotional about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I suppose after after probably a, a couple of weeks, people were wouldn't give you any abuse because they know they'll get beasted after. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> obviously, I have to be careful. That. I didn't. I obviously didn't want to beast them, and they've got games and stuff. But that, I had an yeah, opportunity. They, that that player didn't have a game that week, so it was, yeah. it was a perfect opportunity to beast him. And then the, I think he respected me after that. To be fair, um, yeah, he didn't, he didn't throw any more abuse at me. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's funny. Yeah, um, cool. So moving on to so you come out of your internship at QPR, yeah, um, and you you finish your degree. You obviously, get amazing grades. Yeah. Um, what what are your thoughts? You finish uni. What what are you thinking then? Yeah. So obviously, my goal was to get a job at QPR, right? So that was that was always in my head. I, I still, even though there was politics involved, it was still something I really wanted to do. Um, because I worked so hard over that year. Um studying for my master's degree 
completing that, getting a first in that as well, as well as like just literally going above and beyond and doing everything I can to get myself a job at QPR. Um, and then towards yeah. the end of the internship, I, um, I spoke to the guy, the head of the fitness, and he just said to me, look, there's no, there's no positions available here uh, with the first team. And um, I probably was kind of expecting it a bit because he was being a bit like stat like weird with me over the last couple of months. He weren't really giving me much guidance, um, so yeah. I, I just kind of knew that maybe that there weren't going to be something there for me. But when mm-hmm. I when like when he when like I found out there weren't there weren't anything available, like I was literally devastated. I was like, yeah. Um, yeah, I just you know what I've done everything I can. I remember I remember even just crying to myself. I was just like sitting yeah. in the car crying. I was like, I was like, mate, this is um this is what I've worked so hard and like they've just turned me down. Um, it's it's exactly the same as like being a player, isn't it? And, yeah. and sort of being turned down from a uh, yeah, well not t- not turned down, but maybe not not getting a place, not having a place available for yeah, exactly. But I think it's it's a little bit different because like with, with players, like they. If they're if they're signed by a club, wherever it is, they're, they're on. They're most players are on a decent salary. If they don't, if they don't um, get signed by this club, then they'll get picked up by another club. If, as long as they're pro footballers they've, and they've been around the game, they'll still get picked up. Whereas with me at that stage, it was like the start of my career. It was like yeah. for me, that's all. Uh, I, I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything else. I worked so hard to get to that point, and then. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like, no, nah, sorry, mate, that you there's there's nothing available here for you, um, and I, I, had, I had a few personal issues at the time as well, um, and then I just thought, you know what, I finished, I finished my internship now, I've finished my master's degree, and I and I was like, you know what, I was looking at other football clubs and applying for other football clubs and just seeing if there's anything else available, and I was like, you know what. I don't really want it right now. I don't really want to go back into football right now. I had a few actually yeah. um, in, like, interviews, and I, one of them was actually Rangers FC. Um, I didn't really? not interview, but like they, uh, I applied for it, and they wanted me to come in for an interview. Um, right. And I just thought, you know what? I'm, I can't. I can't go back into that environment just, not, just right now because I don't know. I don't yeah. re- know if that's exactly what I want. Yeah. Um, so I, I always had travelling in my mind. Um, I, like, I was single at the time as well, um, and I just thought, you know what? There's nothing. There's nothing holding me back now. I've got. I'm like I'm single. I've finished uni now. Um, I finished uni. I've just finished my internship at QPR, and I was like, there's no better time. So the, what happened with the travelling was that my um, I went I went around my mate's house, Alex Braithway, or your cousin Alex. <laughs> and, um, yeah. I said to him, "Look, I'm thinking of going travelling in like October, and this was like in a month's time or two months' time." And he goes, "Right, if you do it, if you book it, I'm gonna I'm gonna come and join you maybe sometime next year." So that night, really? after that conversation, after that conversation with Alex, I went on to uh, Google and I just started looking at like Australia and different trips and stuff like that. And I just booked it and I screenshotted it and I sent it to him. He was like, "You're crazy, man! I'm gonna have, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have to book I'm gonna have to book it now for next year." I like well, you got no choice. So, if you speak to any of my friends, what what they say is like, if I've got something in my head, I'll just do it straight away. I, I don't dwell yeah. on it. I don't like don't yeah. waste time. I just do it. Like life's too short, you know. So, yeah, hundred um, percent. So yeah, and I just booked it, and then um, yeah, and a month later, even though even though my mum was devastated and my family were devastated, um, yeah, I just went and travelled, man, and and yeah, it was the best 
best thing I've ever done in my life. Um, and I would recommend it to anyone. Um, yeah. yeah, so that then I just went and travelled and was just, just, just enjoying myself and just experiencing different cultures and everything like that, really. Amazing, amazing. Obviously, you know that I'm, I'm hopefully one day one day we'll get there. Yeah, um, you will, man. You've you had a lot of obstacles, and, um... but you'll get there. I'm, I know you will. I know you will. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you obviously seeing how you've uh, sort of benefited and, and how you found traveling and, and the amazing stories that you've told me, it just, yeah, you've inspired me to do it as well. And yeah, yeah. What, what would you say is the, the most, the most valuable thing that you took away from, from traveling? Um, I, I think the most valuable thing would be just um, being like being very grateful for where you are right now and like for example we live in london right um yeah and we take it for granted because we don't really think of like other countries and everything like that but when i went to so when i went traveling i went to australia i was there for six months then i went to southeast asia so i went to thailand cambodia vietnam and i stayed in some places which weren't which weren't the best um like they were like literally just a shelter, um, a sink and a toilet kind of thing. But I wanted to experience that to see what it was like. Um, yeah. And then I was, I remember just, just being in the room and with, with Alex was there with me at the time. And I think we were in Cambodia and, um, yeah. and we were like, mate, we're like, we're so lucky just to live in London. Um, yeah. Like this, like here, we, like these people here have just got a shelter over the head, got a sink, got like, like just about to have a bed, you know, like, but yeah. the, the crazy thing is, they, like, even though they've got nothing, they're they're like happy. Whereas yeah. here in London, like, we've got everything. We've got a roof over our head. Like, we've got like we've got cars. We've got food. We've got we've got clean water. But there's a lot of people that aren't happy and they're not yeah. satisfied, you know. And and it's just it just opens your eyes to like that. You like you don't need all these like amazing things to be happy. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's just about. Uh, for me, yeah, it's just um, appreciating that there's so many diff- there's so many people that are a lot more worse off than you. Um, yeah, and it's yeah, it's just valuable um, experience just, just seeing that. And yeah, for me, there's the best thing about it was actually seeing people who are worse off but actually being more happier. And yeah, people like us in London who are just always rushing around twenty four seven, and just yeah, just not happy at all. So. Yeah, I'll, I'd I'd uh, I'd recommend it to anyone to go and travel if they ever get a chance to go travel, experience different cultures, and uh, yeah, just live life. And I just don't think there's any there's there's, there's no better life lesson than traveling, really. Yeah, amazing. Mm. Oh, that's sounds sounds amazing. And yeah, I honestly can't wait. Can't to wait. Be, yeah, yeah. To, to go, you'll love it, man. You'll um, love it for sure. <clears throat> yeah. So, how long were you traveling? For all in all so in total it was eight months so i spent okay. i spent six months in australia i went out there and i went out there on a working holiday visa so i was working okay. out there a bit as well um and i didn't want to go out and spend all my kind of savings so i wanted to go out there and work as well and kind of yeah li- i was living in Sid- sydney for i think about three four months yeah. Um, and then after Sydney, I was, I was working. I, I was working a few different jobs. So I was working as a PT in a gym. I was working in um, Ar- Armani, 
um, as well. And I was working. The other one was like a just a, just a waiter. It's working for yeah. jobs. It's weird because like wow. yeah, it was just it, I just thought you know what? Let's just try different different jobs. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, so let me just try yeah. different jobs. I knew that retail weren't for me. That was mad. I, I was working. I was I worked on Boxing Day and it was literally crazy. I was folding all these t-shirts and then within a minute. <laughs> Everyone came in, started chucking clothes everywhere. It was literally madness. I was really? like, "Mate, this, I can't be, I can't be working in retail, right? At like, for, like this, this is just a one-off." Um, yeah. And then the other one was I was working in a Greek restaurant because <laughs> obviously being, yeah, Greek, really? being Greek myself, I thought, you know what? Let me see if there's any Greeks out here. Makes network, make some friends. Yeah. Um, it's actually quite fun to be fair. I quite enjoyed mm-hmm. it, but um, yeah, I remember um saying to the to the owner i was like he goes how many plates can you hold i was like oh, i can hold about six i've never yeah. had any experience holding plates whatsoever and he goes all right show me then so i had one plate in my left hand one plate in my right hand yeah. i was walking around with just two plates he was like i thought you could hold really? six. i was like oh no um yeah i lied about that <laughs> um oh that's funny but yeah listen man it's, for me it's just about you gotta just try so many so just different things and see what you want to do kind of thing and yeah but then after that it was obviously i was working and I, after that i was like you know what no stop working now and just enjoy myself and that's when two of my mates so alex and yash came and joined me um i, be- yeah. I became close with a few other people as well um f- throughout my travels and they came and traveled with us as well um, so yeah. I travelled up the east coast of Australia. So we we went from Sydney all the way up to the Cairns at the top. So the east coast, we've done like Surfers Paradise, um, Gold Coast, um, a few other places, Byron Bay, and then um, then took a plane down to Melbourne, uh, down the Great Ocean Road, and then after that went to um, went to Thailand, Thailand, yeah. and went. Cambodia, Vietnam, and then back to Thailand, and yeah, that was that was kind of my route. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow, amazing! All all of that in eight months. Yeah, all in eight months. Yeah, yeah, eight months. yeah. Oh. I spent I spent most that? of it in Australia. To be fair, um, looking back, I probably would have went to more places if I could. Um, yeah, but yeah, just um, yeah, I'd love to do another experience like that at some point in my life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Would you would you say that um, eight months is is a long enough time? Did you by the end of it? Did you sort of want to come back? And yeah. So how were you feeling by the end of it? Yeah, like to be honest, like some some people can do a year, some people do two years, but at that, at that time in my life, I was um, how old was I? I was how, yeah, how old were you? I was I had my twenty second birthday out there. I think it was. I was right. in, yeah, I think I was 22 at the time. Yeah, I think I was 22. I went okay. out there when I was 22. And um, what was I say? Yeah, so what was the question? Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> um, what was the question? Uh, did you think that you could do any longer? Oh, yeah, or did it. you yeah, want yeah. to so, um, come back? Yeah, so I, the last month, I think, I was ready to come back. Like, I, can, like, I was looking at Alex and Yash. They were literally partying every day. And I was just like, I can't I can't do this anymore I just I remember just sitting in the hostel and be like you know what I can't it's just not like I've, I've done it for so long now for for me for so long um I was like you know what I just need to I need to get back to London and just um, focus on what I want but when I was traveling I weren't just traveling and just partying on stop obviously I was having an amazing time and I was experiencing different cultures but 
the best thing I've done was like I got like books as well and I was reading books when I was yeah. traveling so make sure you, you make it productive as well when you go um yeah so for me I I, sure. I I liked reading books like one of the one of the books I read was Alex Ferguson's autobiography and that was about leadership and stuff like that another book was um Rich Dad Poor Dad which opened my eyes to the world of business um yeah. Simon Sinek uh, Cynic start with why was another book that I read and yeah there's loads of books a slight edge was another one um and another one was Robin Sharma and the leader who had no title was a good one there was I, I read so many different books uh yeah it just, it, it, after that it just made me realize you know what I don't want to go I don't want to go back into a football club um i want to i want to just set my own thing up and with with traveling i love the freedom of just being able to do what i want when i want have no one to answer to um so i was like okay when i go back to london i still want that freedom i still want to be able to do what i want when i want and i thought how how am i going to get that freedom i'm not going to get that freedom working in a football club i'm not going to get that freedom working in the gym i thought okay i've got to set up something that's going to allow me to have that, but I want I want there to be a purpose with it, and um, and that's kind of what how I yeah set up ADC. I guess I was sitting in um, a hostel in Bangkok, and I was just putting my um, thoughts to paper. And I was thinking, you know what, I'm I want to create a strength and conditioning, also a health and fitness company. I've got yeah. contacts in football, um, that's my passion. Um, I want to. Yeah, I want to try and get like athletes and footballers on on our books, but also help the general public because, like, with the knowledge that I gained through my own training experience and health, fitness, and and going to uni, um, yeah, like I wanted just to help as many people as possible, um, and I didn't want it to be um just Chris Fitness, you know, because I want I wanted it to be bigger than myself. I wanted it to be, I have a team of trainers that buy into the vision, the ethos, and um, yeah, and ha- and build a community really that kind of they yeah, want to get life changing results and be part of something bigger than just themselves. Um, yeah, and then yeah, I remember writing down like 15, 20 different names for my company, and then I came up with Athletic Development Club. I thought Athletic Development was perfect for kind of where I've been before I was at I was at football club before um QPR I was doing, studying sports science it was it's related to strength and conditioning and the reason why I wanted to call it club was because I wanted it not just to be about the training I wanted it to be about the whole community whereby we do other stuff as well like seminars events socials you know awards nights like I wanted to yeah. be a club where everyone's involved and you know and that's kind of why I called it Athletic Development Club, um, yeah, and yeah. that's um, and wow. yeah, and then how it started was basically I was in that hostel in Bangkok, and I done, and I and I thought okay, I'm coming back in the summer. There's no, there's nothing better than people wanting to get in shape for the summer. So let me just run a 28 day challenge. As soon as I get back, um, and it was like six, I think it was six, seven classes a week. Um, and I just pushed it out there on, on my Facebook page, Instagram page. I didn't have like any, many followers then. Um, yeah. And it was just mainly like family, friends, friends of friends who wanted to get in shape for the summer. And then I had, I think I might have had about 12, 13 people signed up for it. 
Um, we're doing all the sessions in the park. And yeah, and I gave him a more nutrition program to follow for the 28 days. Uh, most people that done it, well, pretty much everyone got amazing results. And yeah, after that, obviously I came home, I, I done that. And then in the meantime, I, I was like, okay, I need to create some a little uh, a studio or a gym or something to do my personal training sessions out of. And um, yeah. that's where I started in my parents' garage. So cleared out the garage and turned it into like a small kind of like gym slash studio, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, that's kind of how it all started. And I came back from traveling and literally remember looking at my bank account. I had, I must've had about a couple of, maybe about 2000 pounds left in it. Um, and yeah. at the time, my parents, my, my family members, like even friends were saying, you know what, Chris, why don't you go back into football? Cause you can get going, earn a good salary. You've yeah. got that experience now. You can you can definitely get back into it. And I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. Um, yeah. Like, I, I want to create my own thing, um, build build a company. And, um, yeah, and if players want to come and work with me, then obviously well, I'll get best of both worlds, have my own company and still work with footballers and athletes and stuff like that. And, yeah, and then that's kind of how it all started, I guess. Wow. So ADC was born in a hostel in Bangkok. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> whilst whilst wow. Alex and Yash at the time were partying, <laughs> I was in the hostel writing down my little like thoughts on my um, on my notepad or whatever it was, and uh, really? yeah, yeah. And uh, but they, like, if you speak to them, they they knew that I was ready and I was itching to get back in to get back into it because I had a purpose. Yeah. Like yeah. I had a purpose. Where what I found was when when you're traveling, you put, you might find this that a lot like there's a lot of people that travel and they have no purpose. So that's why they just keep on traveling, yeah. and just travel, travel because they've got nothing. They've got no real purpose, or their purpose, or their purpose yeah. might just be to travel. You know, so everyone's got different purposes. But for me, that yeah. traveling, well, that traveling life was I was done because I was ready to get my business and business going. And I was what I set it up. Um, how old was I? I was 22, turning 23. Yeah, so that's when I yeah. set you up. Yeah, well, it is also like traveling almost gave you that clarity to be like, right, this is what I want to do. Yeah, because you said you tried, you tried so many things, you explored, and and I think for any sort of young person to to definitely experiment with different things so that you, yeah, maybe know what you don't like, and then that sort of helps you to lead you on the course to to find, like you say, your purpose yeah. and uh, and ultimately what you want yeah, to do. Yeah, 100%. There's so many people, there's so many people out there, especially young or coming out of uni or whatever it is, that don't really know what they want. They're like, they're like oh, I'm, not, I'm not sure what I'm passionate about. I don't, I don't really know what I want to do. And then if they, yeah. if they said, if they say that to me, I just say to them, look, go in, just go get yourself out there and just do different things. Don't, don't commit yeah. to just one thing because if you just commit to one thing, you're going to be stuck with that one thing, and you might even be passionate about that. So go, go yeah. experience and do different jobs and like, like do like part-time jobs and do like have like three, four different part-time jobs. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. That's what I done when I was exactly. in Sydney. I was I had three jobs that are all part-time, and then I, and also read. You got like you got to read books as well because you don't have to be books, but even podcasts or YouTube videos. And just expand your mind because yeah. there's you can you can get so much valuable information from these from these like free resources, um, yeah, which most people don't really utilize as well. And that's when I was traveling, I was reading yeah, a lot sure. of books, and that's what also made me what realize I wanted to 
set up my own business um, was was mainly from the books, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. So you're continually sort of developing yourself yeah. and and uh, investing in yourself as well. Yeah. Which is obviously obviously the the goal of this podcast is to try and help people to 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 develop themselves not only in health and fitness but mindset business everything yeah exactly that's that's um, exactly why we've yeah. decided to set this up um because there's so many people that we've got that have had inspiring journeys as well that could motivate and inspire others as well to um yeah just to be the best versions of them of themselves and that's why we've called it the winner yeah. circle so we we want to surround ourselves with people that are like-minded who want to bet themselves every day who are positive you know who um yeah just want to just li- live life to the fullest and and be fulfilled and happy yeah. and and yeah literally just be the best versions of, of themselves really yeah 100% uh so going back to your to your journey yeah. and and you set up ADC now and um you're starting to build up your client base obviously you're Let's go. Let's go right from the beginning. You're you're in your garage to start with. How yeah, was that? So, what was that experience yeah, it like? Was, it was it was exciting to be fair because I remember like I've got the photos. It was just the garage and there's loads of stuff in there. And I, was, I remember spending days just clearing it out myself. Um, and then I started getting builders in to like kind of yeah get the front sorted. I was getting um I ordered some equipment. Like I said, you only had, I didn't have that much money, so I had to be very careful with what I was getting. So yeah, I just got a squat rack in. I got um a barbell, um some adjustable dumbbells, and I got the, the like the basics, a few mats and stuff like that. And yeah. we yeah. done we done well uh, kitting it out. To be fair, it, was, it weren't it weren't the massive space. You could train maybe like two three people max in there. Um, yeah and yeah it was just uh, and then i just thought you know what i set up now let's just try and start helping others to get results you know and i was training myself in there and yeah and then obviously i done the 28 day challenge and then a, a lot of them got amazing results and then a few of them wanted to start training with me in the, in the garage while, when that was done so and then yeah. um yeah started training a few people like one or two and i just i was just putting it out there on social media didn't really know much about how to run a business or any marketing or anything like that. Um, I just yeah. yeah started posting a few results and yeah, and then it was it obviously started off from the twenty eight day challenge and then friends, family, family friends kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's that's kind of how it started. And then from there, how did you so you set up ADC? How did you sort of build up your client base and then? Uh, build up your profile as well because obviously you've been involved in you've done fitness competitions uh, and various stuff like that to help obviously uh, boost your profile how did you how did you come about doing that and what was your your thinking behind that of course so um i when i came back from traveling obviously i set up the business and i was super motivated to get in the best shape of my life as well um, yeah, because I've always been into training, um, whether that's on, on a performance uh, level in terms of football or just in the gym at uni or even when I was traveling, I was still training and doing body weight stuff in the hostels and I was constantly training. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I was like, I came back and I said, like, you know what? I've set up my, my business now. How am I going to get more exposure to like ADC and myself? Because no one really knows about yeah. 
no one really knows about us because I've literally just set up the company. I'm like, how am I going to get how am I going to get more exposure now? And I thought, you know what? I've always been into training. Um, I've always been into like nutrition and stuff. So let me let me. Um, I, I thought, you know, what? I'm going to do a, a fitness model competition, um, and just get ready for that and just get in the best shape possible and see how see how that goes. And then hopefully that might bring me some business and some exposure kind of thing. Um, yeah so yeah I just started training really really like hard and um and just had I was pretty much training six times a week um whilst training clients as well at the same time and then yeah and I've done the fitness model competition it was April of 2016 so I set up ADC um 2015 and that was roughly about September October time um okay so yeah, I was just I was just training six times a week and uh, had a, my fitness model competition in April, and yeah, yeah, and then I, as I was just documenting my journey as well on on Instagram and Facebook, and um, people started getting started watching my journey kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, and then that really I thought that really helped in terms of building exposure for myself. Um, but I didn't do it. I didn't do it for any. I didn't do it for vanity. I didn't do. I oh, look at me. I'm in. I'm in amazing shape. Whatever. I done, the main reason. The reason why I done it was because for business. I was like, you know, I need to create some exposure. How am I going to do it? So yeah. people, in my head at the time, I was obviously young at the time. I was what, 22, 20. I was 23. I was like, I, I thought, ah, oh, I've got to be in amazing shape. If I'm in amazing shape, that means I'm going to get loads of clients that want to work with me. But now yeah. I know that's not the case. Um, it does play it does play a part, but it's not just about how you look. It's about there's loads of yeah. other elements to it as well. Um, and then yeah, I've done the fitness model competition. Um, first one didn't do that great in, but I still got myself into amazing, amazing shape. Um, I done another yeah. competition, came third in it. Oh, for me, I like I, I didn't I didn't like that. I don't like third place trophies. I always want like with anything I do, I want to win. So I was I was course, even, yeah. even de- devastated in those shows as well because I didn't um, do that great in it. However, what yeah. what um, it did allow me to do is get all the professional photo shoots done, and uh, where I was at, I got myself down to four point one percent body fat, which is crazy. But I wouldn't recommend I wouldn't wow. recommend that to anyone because it's not healthy getting yourself down to those levels. But it's what, yeah. when you're doing these competitions, it's what you've got to do. You've got to get yourself super lean. So when you're on stage, you're literally showing off every single. Uh, muscle striation, fiber, you can really, but yeah. Um, yeah so that's and I done a fitness model oh. competition and got some some good photos done. So it's like yeah, just like tick it off the bucket list. It was a, it was an amazing experience. It's the hot probably the hardest thing I've ever done in terms of discipline. Um, yeah, yeah, and the would, would you say? that it was it was harder physically or, or mentally or, or just both equally as yeah so it was tough. yeah but both tough but physically obviously you're, you're training like i was i was doing cardio in the morning and then i'll do like weight training in the afternoon because basically I, I i had a coach at the time who was who specializes in competitions and but more 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 of a bodybuilding coach i was i was yeah. just listening to his his approach and looking back his approach was awful because what i know now is just like you don't need to kill yourself that much and i I pretty much like literally every morning was doing these these um sprints um as uh, like fasted sprints so on an empty stomach 
Um, yeah. Like t- typical bodybuilding mentality and literally going to the gym and killing yourself in the gym until you can't push anymore. Um, doing that every yeah. day, about six days a week, you know, and I was just yeah being guided by a, a typical bodybuilder at the time. Um, I could have done it myself. I could yeah. have put myself. I just, but I thought, you know what? With with anything to get the best results, you do need to be held accountable. So uh, that's why I yeah. decided to get a coach at the time. Um, but yeah, I learned so much from that experience. I yeah, I, I did get myself down to stupid levels of body fat, but there are other ways of doing that. Um, and I've and I and I've done that the year after. I wanted to show people, look, I, I'm using more of a flexible approach, and I still can get lean. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're using yeah. today at ADC, the flexible dieting approach. Um, but yeah, going, yeah. going back to the competition, because um, the, the best thing that happened to the competition wasn't even about me stepping on stage or um, getting any of the medals or whatever it was. It's, it was more about um, who I bumped into. So um, at backstage, so I, I went backstage, but just I think after I stepped on stage and done my little routine or whatever it was, and um, Bob, yeah. like Bobby Zamora was there, and I just bumped into him, and then we were both surprised because okay. I was like, because we obviously work, we work together at QPR, and he goes, Chris, I didn't know you was competing and doing all this. So I was like, yeah, I just, I just want to get myself yeah. into it. I've just started my own business, I'm personal training now. I just thought, you know what, this might be good for exposure. And then I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Anyway, are you, are you, are you competing? He's like, no, no, no. He's like, he's like, never that. I'm um, my, um, my best, well, one of my best mates, girlfriend. <laughs> or Mrs. is um, competing as well. So I've come to support her um, and, and support wow. my mate as well. So, and I was like, that's, cra- no, that's crazy. Yeah. We bumped into each other. And I said, do you still playing football? And he goes, yeah, I've, but I'm probably going to be retiring soon because I've got this hip injury and I've got a few other injuries. So I thought, you know what? I might retire soon. So he goes, if I, uh, I might need a personal trainer. So if, or when I do retire, I'll get in contact with you. So, um, yeah. yeah, we exchanged Instagrams and stuff. Like, we weren't, we, yeah, we, we didn't really stay in touch after QPR. But, um, and then I got right. a, a week later, I got a, a DM from him, and he's, oh, Chris, I'm looking for a PT. Let's have a chat. And then, um, yeah, yeah, I started speaking to him on the phone, and then, yeah, and then just, uh, started training him. And that's kind of literally the best thing that happened from the fitness modeling competitions was bumping into Bobby Zamora wow. and speaking to him because obviously we had that connection at QPR. And um, he was yeah. like the first, I guess, footballer um, under the ADC books, really. Wow. Wow. So you you obviously, you did your, fit, your fitness competition, which was an amazing feat in yeah. itself. And then um, meeting uh, Bobby Zamora backstage, that opened up sort of... Uh, an opportunity for you to 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 be working with obviously a footballer and uh, potentially more footballers in the future. Yeah, exactly. And um, obviously, we had that relationship. We knew each other from QPR, which helped massively. But obviously, if yeah. I didn't do that fitness model competition, if I didn't like, if I didn't get myself to that point, I, I probably wouldn't have bumped into him ever again. Maybe, and it was just yeah. mad how. Yeah, it's just worked out in that. So uh, that's why I always say to people, look, you you just got to get yourself out there and like go to different events, network, and like yeah, if you want to do a competi- competition in whatever field you're in, then put yourself out there. You just never know where things can lead to, or you know, like it's just there's so many, yeah, you, so you bump into so many different people along your journey, and 
it only happens if you get yourself out of there. If you if you're stuck in your own little bubble, like and you and you just don't really want to mingle with other people or go to different networking events, you've got you've got to get yourself yeah. out there and, and be uncomfortable to to get the exactly. yeah to just get yourself out there. Yeah, it's getting out of that comfort yeah. zone, isn't it? And it's it's just putting yourself out there and just because that's the only way that opportunities like that will arise. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's that. Looking back, that's that's what's happened to me. Like, if I did, if going back to uni, if I didn't help out the sports science department, um, I wouldn't have got that QPR internship. But I've gone out of my way yeah. to help out there. I managed to get myself an internship there, right? So. Um, even traveling, like I, I made a decision to go and travel, and that, that that gave me an amazing experience to, I don't know, read books and see different cultures and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and then obviously, yeah, doing that competition allowed me to bump into Bobby Zamora and uh, kind of reconnect. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like every every single step has been like, uh. Although you may not have planned it, yeah. sort of uh, in the future. Every looking back, every step has sort of led on to the next step, yeah. and then oh, yeah, yeah, and, and that, that's how it that's how it works, and that's yeah, it's an ma- amazing journey. Mm. Um, and then obviously getting working with uh, Bobby Bobby Zamora, um, and then was it Bobby who? introduce you to Rio yeah yeah so um yeah so the way so the way that happened was basically um I think Bobby and Rio went on like um a cruise or like a yacht or something like that and they were away together basically and then I think Rio saw that Bobby was was in great shape and was like well what's like what's happened to you Bob like I've never seen you in like this amazing shape before and he goes oh yeah I've been working with Chris he's helped me out with my training and he's been helping out with my nutrition and he and he really emphasised yeah. the nutrition element because even in our latest Instagram video, he was saying like the nutrition's key. Even looking back when it goes back yeah. to football, like he never really applied the nutrition side of things. Um, yeah. And then Rio goes, "Oh, I've got I've got a trainer, but he doesn't really help me with my nutrition. So can like can you get me in contact yeah. with Chris because I do need that help with the nutrition element because I'm putting on body fat." Um, uh, he obviously was going through a few things in his life at that time as well, and yeah. yeah. And then Bobby just said to me, "Oh yeah, Rio might Rio might call you. He is he needs some help with nutrition." And then about a week yeah. later, I just got a random call, and I was just picked up the phone, and then I was like, "Hello," and it's like, "So oh, right, Chris, it's, it's Rio." And I was like, "Oh, Rio, who?" He's like, oh, "Rio Ferdinand." I was like, "No <laughs> way!" I, like, I, was, I was trying to play. Rio, who I was trying to play, I was trying to play <laughs> cool because obviously I'm a Man United fan, yeah. and, also, and also I played centre back as well. So he was someone, he was someone yeah. that I looked up to growing up, and it was just yeah. so weird that he just called me up. I was asking like for like nutrition advice and and stuff like that. So yeah, I just started speaking to him and seeing what his yeah. goals were, um, just like I would do with anyone else. And then yeah, I said yeah. the best thing to do is let's meet up and um, we can discuss things properly. And let's let's get you in. Let's get you into Middlesex Uni because I still had contacts at Middlesex Uni um, through Doctor Anthony Turner. I said, you know what? Let's get you a DEXA yeah. scan done so we can measure your body fat, your body composition, your muscle mass, your bone mineral density, and all that kind of thing. And then whilst we're doing that, we can kind of yeah. have our little chat and see what you're currently doing with your nutrition, where you want to get to, etc. And then, um, yeah, the funny thing about it was I remember picking picking up Rio Ferdinand. 
the first time I ever met him in Hendon Station, and I picked him up in my small smart car at the time, and he's like, "Oh, she's six foot four, five, whatever he is," and like, I just remember him getting into this yeah. small smart car. I was like, "Mate, this is, this is funny," and it was just yeah, it was such a weird <laughs> moment picking him up in Hendon Station and then driving yeah. him to Middlesex and. Um, yeah, and I've been working with him for like the last three, four years, and yeah, I've helped him massively with the nutrition element. We're still in contact pretty much every week. Um, when I go down to yeah. his house, I take him for a training session as well, so I train him as well as obviously help him out with his nutrition. And yeah, he, he and he even yeah. seen the difference in his in his body in terms of applying the right nutrition. Uh, can really make a difference in his performance, but also his body composition. Because now his goals are changed; they're not performance related, when they're more body composition related. Um, yeah. So yeah, and he's yeah, and he yeah, he's that's how he became a kind of a client of ours as well. Uh, so through yeah, yeah. through Bobby Zamora. So. And obviously, he, he's achieved. He's achieved amazing results. Yeah, he's as done well. amazing. Yeah, he's done. He's done. Yeah. He's done amazing. Because when he first started with with me obviously he was carrying a lot a lot I would not say a lot of body fat but more body fat than than he's used to uh, like compared to when he was playing yeah. and stuff so um yeah so it was kind yeah. of and then he reduced his body fat and we went we've been on different phases muscle building phases fat loss phases so yeah and I've just literally been in touch with him and checking in with him regularly and his um and you can even see the testimonials he's given me and us and how how influential we've been in terms of helping him get in the results he wants because he knows that the results, obviously he's, he's training hard, but the training alone isn't going to give him the results. And that's what we say to all our clients as well. You can train as hard as you want, but yeah. you need to really knuckle down on the nutrition aspect. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. So. And that's that's what a lot of them, like Rio and, and, and Bobby both agree that the nutrition side of things has been the, the biggest sort of, yeah. Eye opener for them. No, definitely. And and maybe potentially in their in their football career they weren't sort of given that yeah. that knowledge and that education around yeah. nutrition. No, I think at, at the football clubs as well, most most of them are quite like one size fits all. It's very it's quite generalised. You don't, especially with the nutrition yeah. element. What I found with with that QPR, and I'm sure some a lot of the clubs are still like that. It's very generalised. It's not like specific to that player. Um. And yeah. yeah, and I think having that kind of individualized approach has, has has helped them both. And if they and they they both said if they had that approach when they were playing, it could have helped them, give them that extra five, ten percent, fifteen percent in their performance and even their careers. You know. Um, yeah, for sure. So yeah, and then oh, yeah, yeah, and then Bobby after that, he's good friends also with Tony Terry and and John Terry as well. So yeah. Um, yeah, so they Tony Terry at the time was looking for a for a new trainer, and um, so she asked Bobby, and then uh, yeah, so I, I spoke with Tony and and John as well, and yeah, started working with them as well, and that kind of led from Bobby Zamora as well, and yeah, so that's why I'm very grateful for Bobby Zamora with all these intro, introductions he's given me, because um, yeah, without yeah. without him, it, I wouldn't have got these introductions, you know, and he's yeah, he's helped massively and. I've done my best to help him out, and um, and yeah, we've we've developed a great friendship now, and uh, really do yeah. appreciate his um, his support and everything like that. Really, yeah. And his his dog's got quite good results as well, <laughs> yeah, hasn't he? His dog's, his, his dog's got... <laughs> or, or is it a she? I'm if not you, sure. Yeah, if you check Bobby's more out, you can see his dog on the treadmill every day. He's training. He, the dog loves it. The dog loves it as well. 
<laughs> yeah, that's uh, quality. Um, cool. Um, so we've talked a bit about the the obviously client results and and a big thing about ADC is obviously yeah. the results and it might not be it might not be physical results. It may be uh, it might be a, a change in just sort of lifestyle habits and and, and mindset and and so on. It, there's there's different forms of of results that we achieve with clients, isn't there? It's not just sort of uh, uh, physical transformations yeah, no, all exactly. the time. It's is not. It? It's not just about how they look. It's about obviously how how they feel, um, their, their mindset as well. Yeah. So um, a lot a, a lot of our clients they'll they'll just come in for a session and they they're feeling awful because they've had a bad day at work. But once they once they've had their workout, they feel ten times better. Um, and that's a massive result in itself. Yeah. And people kind of often neglect that. They, people just just think of like their how they physically look. Um, obviously, we take care of that side of things, the physical element, but the mental side of things are just as important. Um, and as well as well as the mental side of things is 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 how you move as well. So you, it's no it's no point looking good and you can't and you can't move well. So like the correct we we're yeah. very big on corrective exercise. So. Um, if someone's got any tightnesses, any weaknesses, any motor pattern issues, we address that as well. So it's we give them that kind of holistic approach where they get the best results possible in their mental well-being, their physical well-being, um, and yeah, yeah. And, and injury pre- prevention and movement and that type of stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that that's one thing that I think, obviously, I've I've personally been at ADC for how long has it been now it's been yeah. about six months now maybe yeah about six months and that's one thing that I don't think many other personal training uh companies or, or fitness yeah. companies do is address those sort of motor patterns and and the uh um sort of training people like athletes and, and getting them to move yeah. like athletes rather, rather than just sort of bodybuilding style because a lot of the time people like you say people have sort of uh work commitments and they can't train four or five times a week uh, and can't train individual muscle groups so training them uh in terms of like from a movement perspective is uh is much more beneficial for a lot of people um especially with the nature of of how we work as like a modern society a lot of people a lot of our clients are sort of office based they work in in an office and they uh they're sort of in one position for an extended period of time so dressing those corrective exercises are are really key and i think that's one thing that we do adc which really separates us from a lot of other uh, fitness yeah fitness no, exactly and, that, and and that's the reason why i've called it athletic development club so it always goes back to the why right so why did i call it athletic yeah. development club because even if you're not an athlete we want to train you like an athlete we want to make you move like an athlete um and yeah that's and that's literally the main reason why i've i called it that and like you like you said most other pts out there and companies or gyms they would just go with this with approach of like a, kind of like a bodybuilding mentality. Oh, today, what, what are we training today? Oh, yeah, today's going to be chest. Today, uh, tomorrow's going to be back. Oh, we might do shoulders and arms together. Yeah. But I never, I never want to look at yeah. our programs like that. I want to look at our programs as movements. So, 
what movements are we focusing on yeah. today? Because this, because this is real life. Like, if you're an athlete, you're you're going to be moving in different in different planes of motion, um, different yeah. velocities, acceleration speeds, etc. Uh, but even if you're just a, even yeah. if you're just a, someone that works at a desk, you know. So we've got to look at things. How do we get that person person moving better? If they got tightnesses, how do we eliminate those tightnesses? If they got weaknesses, how do we get them stronger? If they've got motor pattern issues, how do yeah, we address that? Sure. So it, there's so much more to it, what we provide, than than any other kind of P- PT company or, or gyms do provide. So, yeah, that's kind of um, something yeah. that we that I set up from the very get-go, really. Yeah. And I'd say, I mean, we say it time and time again, but the, probably the biggest thing about ADC is obviously the yeah. community and, like, how how everyone just um, helps each other, supports each other. Uh, everyone knows each other's name. I mean, it's just been, it's been so great to be a part of it, even for, for, for this short yeah. time. And yeah, it's just, how did you, how did you go about like creating that community? Because yeah, I, I haven't yeah, seen so it that, anywhere else. That come back from my travel, my traveling. I went out, obviously when I was traveling, I was like, this is the best experience I've ever had. Um, and also the the experiences of with the people that that you're around as well. So I had like amazing experiences with just loads of different people, and this is the people that make up the experiences. You can be anywhere in the world, and you, as long as you've got the right people around you, you can have the best experience ever. So I just thought, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be creating a personal training company, but it's more than just a personal training company. I want to be creating all these amazing experiences where all our members have amazing memories as well. Um, and so it literally just come, it's, it came back from my, my traveling. I, I wanted to create something where it's just, it's more than just a PT company. Like we're a family like community and we experienced loads of different stuff together. And I think even when I first started up ADC, I was always putting socials on where we're going bowling or going for meals or like, just like yeah, doing seminars and that's what we that's what I try and do every month or every couple of months we've got something going on for all our members um and even now yeah. that we've transitioned to online whilst we're in this lockdown period like we've still got quiz nights we've got poker nights we've got kids fitness classes um we've got still got that social element to it so and i just think yeah and 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 clients love it clients love like most clients love that part more than the actual training you know so um yeah well, it's very hard to create it, it you can't you, you can't just think oh yeah look adc are doing it like this i can just copy it it's not it's it's yeah it's got to be it's got to yeah come it's got to come from the top oh. and that and from me when i first started it it came from my traveling experience because i had amazing experiences from traveling and i want i wanted to replicate that in business and then i wanted people even my even my coaches my staff i wanted yeah. to feel you know what this isn't just work and it's just oh, i've got just got to clock in clock out it's like i want it to be that they're where they're excited to come to these events and have something to look forward to and like well we've got an awards night like it's something that you can actually be part yeah, of and um, have fun along the way amazing it's not um, really cool so starting to wrap it up now mm. so last couple questions for you in terms of like your whole journey looking back at everything what would you say yeah is probably the the biggest obstacle, or or yeah, what what would you say is the biggest obstacle that you have faced up until now, or challenge? 
Um, yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I've had I've had a lot of different obstacles. I reckon that like, even if you look back when I started in 2015, yeah. each year there was a massive obstacle. So I could take you through each one to be fair. So when I first set up ADC in my parents' garage, it literally uh, two months later I had a, a neighbour constantly complaining because there was cars coming up and yeah, there was maybe a little bit of noise with the music and stuff and. Um, even though I was doing my best to keep the noise down and literally you, you always yeah. get that one busy neighbour and I think everyone has experienced that in their lifetime where you have one busy neighbour um, so she she constantly um, was complaining to the council um, and then the council were just like literally checking up on me and they started sending me letters from my door saying okay if you are if you are running yeah. a business from your garage you need to get planning permission and you need to do this do that and I just yeah. thought you know what we're growing now. I don't really need to be in my garage anymore. Um, so it kind of forced me to move to somewhere. Yeah. I, I was I always was looking for a gym for ADC, and I always have been. But it's not it's not that easy to find the right space with the right location with the right parking, um, good rent, good rates, etc. Yeah. Um, so I've, I moved to a, an, another facility in Whetstone. And at the time, I had another trainer that was working with me. So there's two of us, um, and we moved to we moved to Whetstone, and then yeah, we started started pushing it there really. So then we started building our client base in Whetstone, um, and then I think maybe about a year year and a half, I think it was after that, we started yeah. kind of maybe outgrowing that company in their own facility. Um, so what happened was I just got an email from the uh, from one of the owners yeah. and it basically they just terminated ADC's contract. Um, so I had basically four weeks to find myself somewhere else to go to. Um, so when as soon as I got that um, con- as soon as I got that email come through, I was like, okay, I'm not going to stay here for another four yeah. weeks. Like it's been terminated. I want to get out. I want to get out as soon as possible. Um, and I had two other coaches at the time so I had that at that time I had Amy and Connor both working for me um um we developed developed good relationships with with like the other personal trainers in there it was a great working environment um yeah. obviously they terminated the contract for whatever reason maybe jealousy or they met my yeah and then what happened after that was I went to another studio and that studio was uh, North London Business Park. Was there literally for two, like one day or two days. Um, it weren't, yeah. just literally weren't the right fit for ADC. It just didn't work. It didn't work well. And then, um, yeah. Um, so after that, I found Hadley Wood. There was one, there was a studio in Hadley Wood and the guy who was running that gym said, look, yeah, there's the basement's free you could come move in here and start paying me rent so moving my moving all my clients and my staff to that point obviously I lost a few clients because a lot of our clients were in Whetstone at the time so it was just a mad messy transition uh period that time and yeah we moved into Hadley Wood and then basically had to start building up again uh we lost a few clients and then was in Hadley Wood for like over a year and a half built up uh, the client base again was using the same ethos philosophy community element that we've always had um yeah and then yeah it was there for a year and a half and then i wanted to kind of take that place over but before i even had the chance he he the, the owner just turned around to me and said to me oh 
this um, this judo has been been bought out now by the by the company that the same company that I was working under in Whetstone. So that was the same same company basically like buying out this gym in in Hadley Wood. But luckily, yeah. I've always been two steps ahead. I've always like made sure, okay, if this happens, what's plan B or what's plan C? Yeah, you know. So yeah. that's where. Um, we moved to Rex Health and Wellbeing um, Club in in uh, Oakwood at Trent Park Country Club, and I had I was speaking to the owner Steve for over six months at that time anyway, and I knew that he had something good going on there, um, and he really was desperate to have us as part of it because he he knew what we were about, um, and he yeah he, he managed to get hold of a great space there. And yeah. um, when soon as that kind of was announced that that Hadley Wood gym was um, was sold, I basically well, I basically spoke to Steve and then was like, yeah, let's let's get in here ASAP. And it was within maybe three, four, five days. So with me, I always act quickly. It's not I don't I don't just like wait another three, four weeks. I'm I'm very quick with the with the with my decisions and I just go with it. Yeah. Some it could yeah. be good, it could be bad. But I thought I just don't want I just want to make sure we've got it, got something sorted. Um, yeah. and we yeah, moved to Oakwood. Oakwood. We lost maybe one or two clients, but luckily a lot of our clients stayed with us then because they they they've bought into ADC now and they've bought into what we do, our community, how we've helped them um, as well. And yeah, for some of them it might be a little bit out of their way, but um, they stuck with us, which I'm really appreciative and grateful for. Um, and then yeah, now we're in now we're in the Rex obviously Health and Wellbeing Club. Um, ADC are kind of like the main fitness providers within there, and it's an amazing yeah. facility. It's, probably, it's the best facility we've been in because um, because you've got football pitches there, you've got a massive car park, etc. Um, and the actual gym in itself is 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 perfect for exactly what we want. Yeah. Um, and then the the last obstacle is the is the global pandemic that we're in right now. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So in in February March we probably been it's probably been our best years in terms of, uh, not best years sorry best months in terms of like the clients we've got the staff we've got we've managed to get ourselves up to like seven members of staff we've obviously and Andy Packles being the latest one who's our intern now so um, yeah. yeah and then obviously that as soon as the pandemic came out and uh, the lockdown was announced was like, okay we need to transition to online as soon as possible otherwise we're going to lose all our business. Um, yeah and yeah at the time we lost about 50 percent of our business because there was a lot of uncertainty with clients etc but if we didn't transition so quickly and so fast then i'm very grateful for the team as well for helping out um we would have lost pretty much most of our business but because we managed to transition and provide a solution as quickly as possible we managed to maintain yeah. at least 50 percent, which is still a great great number um considering there's loads of businesses that have zero revenue and zero business right now you know yeah so yeah there's been a lot yeah, of obstacles definitely. and it's, it's people <laughs> just see the highs they, they don't see the lows they just see they just see uh chris is working with rio chris is working with bobby uh he's got he's, yeah. got, he's got loads of staff members or whatever it is but they, they I don't no no one advertises the lows, do they? So this is no. why I wanted to create this podcast because I wanted to share with people. You know what? On these journeys, it's not just about the highs. There's lows. It's a roller coaster of a journey. 
and I want people to know that this is real life and it's not just about what you see on social media. There's so much more to it. Definitely, definitely. And like with every with every situation and obstacle that you've come across as well, it's like you've shown that you've shown your your obviously leadership skills from just being able to to respond so quickly and and just and like for example the the recent pandemic just as soon as sort of uh, the beginning stages of lockdown and as soon as things started to pick up, we were straight onto online and we yeah we we just transitioned so quickly yeah. and and it's so important to to have that sort of clarity from you to be able to say right this is what we're doing and and yeah like that leadership is is definitely something that like I'm personally learning off you and and I see that you obviously have got a yeah very skilled at yeah basically yeah yeah how would you what would you say to people that are sort of trying to that maybe are leading a business or or trying to build up sort of those leadership skills and and taking i guess taking action in in difficult times what would you say to people um any any sort of advice or yeah i just think you need to make uh make a plan and go with that plan as as soon as as soon as possible because if you just dwell on it and and let let time go. You, you like you've kind of you've you've lost basically. So, like yeah. you you'll see other like companies like fitness companies in particular that um yeah throughout the lockdown that maybe like three four five six weeks down the line they've they've transitioned to online. That's too late by then. Yeah. They've lost they've lost everything by then. Um, yeah. But yeah. the more hardships you go through, the better you'll kind of deal with with any with any obstacles so because i've had so many yeah. hardships in business in in a short space of time in five years i've just been yeah. like the first one is always the first one's always the hardest right so yeah you just need to yeah you, you just need to be able to act and act quickly you know and and also lead lead your team and be like you know what yeah this is the situation but don't worry this is the solution i've got the solution for you and and yeah. you lead you lead them and tell them, yeah, look, this is the situation, and we get through it. You can't dwell on it. There's, if the more the longer you dwell on it, the the the, the less time you've got to save your business. And there are times in business yeah. where you 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 might fail or it might go down to nothing because it's just the, that's that's what business is like. It's a roller coaster of a journey, but it's about how yeah. you adapt and how you lead your team. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell I'll tell you a, a good book. So Alex Ferguson's autobiography. That he, like in terms of leadership, I don't I, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't found a better leadership book. Right. Um. So if you are looking for like a book right. or an autobiography, the way he leads yeah. his the, the way he led Man United to all that success is is crazy. It's crazy to see in terms of like he had a lot of superstars underneath him, and um the way he led them to success and the, the certain decisions he made. Um, I kind of like bring that into ADC as well. And I just do it. I just do it naturally. And um, like I said to you, I've had so many different obstacles. The more obstacles you face, the, the better you'll be. And if you're, if you're stuck in, um, in your comfort zone, you're never going to face obstacles. So you need to yeah. get out of your comfort zone, be uncomfortable, and there will be obstacles. And the more obstacles you have, the more primed you'll be for success in business. Yeah, 
Um, cool. So again, coming on to last couple of questions now. So, what would you say is your vision now for for ADC? So you've you've built such a great community. Yeah. What would you say now is 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 the next step for ADC? Yeah. So for for me, my when I first set up ADC, I was like, you know what, I want to set up about 10, 15, 20 different franchises. And that was kind of my vision at the start. But as, as time goes on, like, things change. Um, so right now, I just want to build the, the biggest and best um, personal training company, at potentially maybe a gym um, at some point. Um, but just have one facility where everything's under one roof. Um, but it's, it's, the, it's the biggest, it's the best in the UK. And, and we yeah. have like, athletes um general public people people wanted to come and work with us because we're the best um yeah and what what i want is i want i don't i don't want it just to be about me i want my team to have a have a massive involvement in it as well so i'll give you an example with connor who's our manager at the moment and our lead strength and conditioning coach he's been he's been massive in terms of like helping out in terms of developing systems strength and conditioning um, he's gone above and beyond since he's ever started and with people like that the ones that have really really given everything they can um, I want to give them something back and like for example with Connor we're, we're setting up an ADC kind of athletic uh, athlete kind of um, consult, uh, consultancy service for athletes yeah. footballers and stuff and and that's something that he's going to lead but with my help we're going to do it together and I want to, so yeah. that's going to be another part to ADC now. It's going to be more of a consultancy service for athletes, and that's going to be Connor's and mine. Um, another part is going to be the online side of things. So what we're getting, what we're getting going now, which is only the start. So the online, um, the online world, which I've never really tapped into, and that's something that because you've done an amazing uh, job so far in terms of the social media and the online membership and yeah, going above and beyond as well. I want, I want that to be kind of like your thing as well. So, um, that'll yeah. be like an on, that'll be like a separate entity. So ADC online, we've got the athletic, the, the athlete consultancy. I've got my offline business and just developing all these like small kind of businesses off the ADC brand, um, like clothing yeah. range, etc. You know, so there's all these, there's like, that's the vision really to have, we've got our main hub, which is the facility um, yeah. and then working different entities off that kind of thing with the right, the right team members. Cause you can't, I can't do it yeah. all by myself. I want the, um, the right team members to do it with me. And I, I know that it will be the, the biggest and best in the UK for sure. And it's only, it's, it's yeah. not, it hasn't even been five years yet. Um yeah. So it's like it's only Amazing. the beginning. Only the beginning. Amazing. Exciting times That's ahead. It. That's it. Exciting. Exciting times. Excited. Can't wait. For sure. Right. So last question now, yeah. Chris. I know you're busy, so I'm gonna I'm gonna That's keep all it. Right. Well, keep a time on it. Um cool. So last last question. Yeah. What three things would you you say out of your whole sort of throughout your journey, what what three things or what three uh let's call it truths would you say uh for people so three things that you would say are are true for people to follow or a piece of advice for for people to follow yeah yeah okay so three things i'd say number one uh have to be passion i think you've got to find what your passion is 
because um, everyone's got their own passion, right? So if you're passionate about something, it's not going to feel like work, um, and it's just gonna yeah. it's just it's gonna be fun, right? And you you spend you spend most of your life working, right? So if you're passionate about your work, it won't feel like work. So I think to succeed, you have to be passionate about what you do. And if you don't know what you're passionate about, then get, like we said before, get yourself out there, try different things. Um, yeah, there might be days where you don't feel passion, passionate about certain things or work, or whatever, but that's fine. You just need to just, um, life isn't always about being super motivated. There's going to be times where you're not motivated, but as long as you're in, in a field where you're passionate about and you're, being fulfilled i think that's number one um number two is just it's just consistency right so like i said before that you're gonna have up you're gonna have some up days you're gonna have some down days it's um with any with if you're looking to be successful there's gonna be it's it's gonna be a roller coaster of a journey there's gonna be loads of ups loads of downs so you just need to turn up every day and be consistent um even on the days that you don't feel like it um so consistency is key um the final one so i've got passion i've got consistency and i just think just having fun it's got to be fun man i think with with my traveling experience and trying to replicate that with adc uh life's just too short and i think you need to just make sure you have fun along the way if you if you're not having fun then I think you just need to reconsider what you're doing, and I just think, yeah, yeah. They're, they're the main thing. That, off the top of my head, I haven't, I didn't really prepare for that one. Yeah. So there are the three things yeah. that come off the top of my head: so passion, consistency, and just having fun and enjoying the process. Yeah, no, I think those those three things are people can definitely take take those three things and and sort of like incorporate it into their life. Yeah, and they'll get they'll succeed and they'll like you say have fun along the way yeah. and like you say is like work i think i think often we get sort of bombarded that work has to be like you've got a graph yeah. you, like you do need to you do need to work hard but i think also at the same time it's about having fun and enjoying the process yeah. as well because um if, yeah. if you're having fun, you, you want it. You want to enjoy yeah, if it. If you're having fun, you're going to be more productive. You're going to do a lot more anyway. Because if exactly. you're hating something you're doing, exactly. whether it's in business, work, or sport, wherever it is, if you're hating it, you're you're not going to yeah. put your all into something that you're hating. So I think you just got to have fun, enjoy it, and surround yourself with people that are like-minded as well, and um, that will bring you up as well. So that's important as well. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Chris, we've come to the end of our first podcast. Nice one, Chris V2.0. I hope, uh, I hope everyone's thank you. enjoyed our first episode. And uh, I'm very excited to um, keep this going on a weekly basis, hopefully, and uh, get so many more people involved in this. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for being the co-host today, Chris V2.0. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> and let us let us know your um, your feedback, guys. Give us some feedback. Yeah. Uh, comment and share yeah, as yeah. well. If you yeah, and, if, um, if you got yeah. some value from it, please do just share it, like it, because we're just getting this started. So we'd really appreciate your support on this. And yeah, the the goal of this is to just give you as much value as possible to live your best lives and just yeah, make you feel motivated and, and inspired every week. All right. Perfect. Of course, we, we'll leave it as that. So right. enjoy the rest of your day, Chris. Yeah, yeah and we'll um, we'll speak soon.
Take care, guys. See you later. And you. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye.